0: This doll coming in the corner looks as if she's uh, well eeled, Leviticus. A very clever, a very clever pad. Why? What did I say? You said she was well-heeled. She's wearing a pair of stilettos about six inches high. Oh, did I make some sort of gag then? Yeah, inadvertently, boy. You knew? ah oh, easy, boy. Yeah, she's getting closer. I bet your leopard skin handbag's good for at least a tenner. Yeah, you trip her pad. I'll do the snatch right. you leave it to me. I'll trip it up, and you snatch the handbag. Yeah, you must have been inoculated with a gramophone needle. Yeah, quite now. Oh. <laughs> oh.
1: <sighs> Looking for trouble, boys. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, who are you? My card. If you want a karate lesson, come round any time. Oh,
0: hold me back. Oh, I think it's broken.
1: Here. Yeah. Yeah, what was
0: that card say? It says, uh, Tony Line, Assignments Unlimited, Freddy Free, Off Moon Street.
2: a butcher who got the chop. John Hargreaves styled himself as a wholesale purveyor of high-class meat. He would have walked at the term butcher. But then, John Hargreaves' formative years had been spent on the playing fields of a public school, and not at the chopping block. The business was inherited from his father, an honest and ambitious man who preferred his son to wield a pen rather than a meat axe. On the sudden demise of Hargreaves Senior, the white-collar John and the young sister Jill inherited the business, which continued to prosper. Young Hargreaves was a handsome specimen, and not averse to an occasional affair in the city, but, (laughs) so his acquaintances said, not the uh, marrying kind. They never gave a reason for this observation on his character, but those closest to him were sometimes wont to remark that perhaps his hobby was not altogether conducive to marital bliss. John Hargreaves was a passionate disciple of Dr. Mesmer, a fact his
3: subjects often never realized. And how is my dear sister this evening?
1: Oh, tired as usual. I really don't know what makes me so lethargic these days, John. I never seem to have the energy to do anything.
3: You've seen the family doctor?
1: Yes, and, and he says there's absolutely nothing wrong with me, physically at any rate. But there must be some reason for this constant lethargy.
3: Uh, are you in love, old dear? Of course not, silly. Silly? People do fall in love, you know. And you're not bad looking, really. Good teeth, well built, uh, good posture. You're
1: not at the livestock options now, you know.
3: <laughs> Sorry, I suppose brothers do tend to look upon the good points of their sisters with a clinical eye. Now have a drink. I wonder if I will. Come on, it'll buck you up. Martini or beer or
1: something? Oh, the usual, I think. Anything that's long and cool. I'm hot, droopy and fagged out. Uh-oh, there I go again. What are you having?
3: Uh, tomato juice. And I've got a meeting tonight. What do you do with yourself all day?
1: Well, I meant to go shopping, but I didn't get any further than Lin Fu's Chinese restaurant. I met an old school friend there and we chinwagged for so long. You know how these Chinese meals go on and on. It was too late. Why have you left it on the booze cabinet?
3: Oh, I'm sorry. Do you love to forget my head next? There we are. <clears throat> Hope it's all right for you. I'll uh, give it a stir, shall I? Looks fine. Oh, come on. There we are. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. All right.
1: Tastes a bit bitter.
3: What is it? Oh, just the usual dash in the glass, you know.
1: What about you today? Were there enough fatted calves to keep me in idle luxury?
3: That wasn't a very tactful remark.
1: (laughs) No, I suppose it wasn't really. But you bring it on yourself, John. John. You resent my half of the inheritance so much that I subconsciously react to your antipathy. I don't mean anything by it, really, I don't. But Daddy must have had a reason for leaving you all the work and me half the money. The dear thing probably realized that I haven't got a brain in my head while you're a natural-born butcher. Mm,
3: Am I? You must admit it's hardly a fair arrangement. I've actually improved the business since the pater died with my own ideas and industry. That means the more I work, the greater becomes your share for doing nothing. You should sell, Julia. Oh, eh?
1: you know I can't. It's not in the will. And please don't. Let's fight tonight. Oh, suddenly I'm so weary, I could die. I feel as though I'm about to fall asleep on the city. Oh, John, John, I feel so sleepy.
3: Let me look at you. Look closely into my eyes. Now look deeply, Jill. Deeply. Deeply. Look through my eyes. Through. Through. Come with me, Jill. Come with me. Come. Stand up. Stand up. Yes, that's right. Raise your hand, Jill. The right one. Yes. Turn around. Turn around. You're under, Jill, completely under, until I wake you up. I've been drugging you, Jill, and that's why you're so tired all the time. It breaks down your resistance. I drugged you a drink just now, Jill, that's why it tasted um, bitter. But you won't remember any of this when you wake up, Jill. You won't remember anything. Your mind will be a blank. Sit down, Jill. Sit down. I want to talk to you. Yes. You... I'm going to learn to swim, Joe. To learn to swim. You've always hated the water, but now you want to learn to swim. To swim. To swim. To swim. There you are, Miss
1: Harvey. It's as easy as that. Easy for you. Not so easy for me. I'll come over to the side. <coughs> oh. Oh. oh, water's lovely. Now it's your turn, Miss Hargreaves. Oh, not just yet. And please don't call me Miss Hargreaves. It sounds too awfully formal. I'm Jill. And I'm Tony. And we'd better be friends because I have a feeling that you're going to be here for a terribly long time. If I ever learn to swim, that, Jill Hargreaves, is a very snazzy piece of swimwear. that only just retains your modesty, and it's going to get wet right now. Mr. Mason said when I telephoned that giving swimming lessons wasn't strictly in your line. But I'm glad he sent you. Somehow you give me a confidence that an ordinary instructor wouldn't transmit. A regular swimming coach would think me an awful bore. But What made you ring Assignments Unlimited, by the way? Well, it was my brother, actually. John. I spoke to him about learning to swim, and, and he recommended your Hello farm. there. Having fun? Speak of the devil. Come on over, John. Meet my instructress. I say. He's rather good looking. Careful. He's dynamite. Married? Yes. Do his business. If he ever marries, it'll be into money. Hmm. Exit yours truly, Tony Lane.
3: Mm. Well, how's it going, Jill? Can you swim yet?
1: Perfectly, as long as it's on land. Meet my instructress, Tony Lane. My big brother, John Hargreaves. Hmm.
3: Mm, Yes. Steady on, butcher
1: boy. She's a karate expert.
3: It'd be a pleasure to come to grips with you, Tony. Uh,
1: Do you quite?
3: Hmm? Uh, Only in in my beer, you know.
1: Judo quite.
3: Uh, No, I don't, but who'd want to win out in a wrestle with you, Tony?
1: Your brother is a wolf, and it's time you got into the water.
3: Uh, Do you mean to say she hasn't even uh, been in yet?
1: All in good time. She sat on the edge for 20 years. You can't expect a channel swimmer in 20 minutes. And Anyway, she's only learning on impulse.
3: Well, I hope she doesn't jump in on impulse when nobody's here.
1: Now, why would she do a thing like that? I
3: don't know, but it's nutty enough. uh, Her suddenly wanting to swim anyway. I wondered uh, how she'd explain it to an instructor.
1: Is that why you rang Assignments Unlimited?
3: Yes, that's right. Confidential and no questions asked. He's
1: afraid I'd make a fool of him. The family name, you know. Hargreaves and Son purveyors of high-class meat.
3: I didn't hear you complain, darling. My
1: dear John Hargreaves, butchers never beef.
3: (laughs) It's um, all stay away, sir. The gear, I mean. What? Oh, oh, yes. Uh, Jill, I've taken on two temporary gardeners to fill the gap until Smithson and Wilkins get back from the coast. Mm -hmm. Um, Both our gardeners went on holiday, Miss Lane. Inconvenient at the same time, but they both got this sudden urge to escape to the ozone. Mm -hmm. There wasn't anything I could do about it.
1: Well, it must be something in the air here. Well, what must? Everyone's suddenly getting urges to do things. I hope you won't think me impertinent, Mr. Hargreaves, but uh, where did you uncover these two specimens?
3: <laughs> they do rather look as they've come out of the anthropological specimen <laughs> bottle, don't they? <laughs>
1: They're Runyon-esque, to say the least.
3: So their names. Let me introduce you. This is Leviticus Levy and his partner Homer, known to his friends as The Pad.
1: Why, The Pad, Mr. Homer?
0: Hey, uh, What's that, Miss? It's uh, modern slang, Miss Hargreaves. A place where you live is, uh, well, it's called a pad amongst the whiffed set. So his name being Homer, like, uh, you know, home, pad, get it?
1: Oh, <laughs> a name like Homer would be more likely to get him the nickname of uh, Pigeon.
0: Here,
3: here, I ain't no pigeon. And on
1: the other hand, pad could be an abbreviation for uh, foot
3: pad. I say, Miss Lane, they do look a bit rough, I'll admit, but um, they're here for honest labour, and I don't think it's right we should prejudge them. All right, you men, come with me. Now I'll see you later, girls. Uh, do join us for a drink before you go, Miss Lane, will you?
1: Uh, thank you. And mind your own flaming business, Miss Lane. Let's be honest, Tony. You asked for that one. Mm-hmm. Brother John's right. You can't judge people you've never met before. Never met before? Now, don't tell me you actually know Leviticus Levy and Homer the Pad. I made their acquaintance very briefly. Well, stop thinking about them now. Oh, I wasn't thinking about them. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Well, what were you thinking about then? John? My brother? His eyes, Jill. Have you ever looked deeply into his eyes? I found it hard to tear my gaze away. Your brother has remarkable eyes, Jill. Eyes full of mystery.
3: Look deeply into my eyes, Jill. Closely. Closely. Look deeply, Jill. Deeply deeply, look through my eyes, through, through, through. Come with me, Jill. Come with me. Yes. Answer me, Jill. Did you get into the water today?
1: Yes, John. I got into the water.
3: Did you lose your fear of the water, Jill?
1: I am not afraid when Tony is there.
3: If Tony is there, are you not afraid even in the deep end?
1: I am not afraid when Tony is there.
3: When Tony is there, will you jump in the deep end, Jill?
1: Yes, I will jump in the deep end if Tony is there.
3: Tony is there, Jill. Tony is there now, waiting for you, Joe. Open the door to the garden, Joe. Tony is waiting at the deep end.
1: Tony, waiting.
3: Open the door. There. You see, Jill, there's a full moon. You can see the swimming pool, Jill. Go to the deep end. Tony is waiting. Go to the deep end and jump in.
1: Go to the deep end and jump in?
3: But You're not afraid if Tony is there, are you?
1: No, I am not afraid if Tony is there. Go to the deep end and jump in. Go to the deep end and jump in. Go to the deep...
2: Tony <laughs> Lane had been with Assignments Unlimited for barely a year, but she'd learned in a tough school. It might have been pure coincidence that the two thugs who'd attacked her in Craddock news were now in the employ of John Hargreaves. It could be circumstantial that both... Hired men were away at the time Jill Hargreaves got her inexplicable urge to swim. It was sheer fancy that made her shudder at the thought of John Hargreaves' eyes. Whatever it was, it was certainly responsible for her return to the Hargreaves' home in the dead of night. Tony Lane might have been hard put to explain her actions. I could have told her it was instinct, a sixth sense born into anyone who leads a life of danger. The ten-foot gate in the massive wall that surrounded the gardens was no obstacle to Tony. She shinned easily over it and glided quickly through the shadows towards the swimming path. The moon broke free from a scudding cloud and revealed a white, shrouded figure moving slowly across the lawn. Tony froze in her tracks. Then she saw who it was.
1: Go to the deep end and jump in. I am not afraid when Tony is there. Go to the deep end and jump in. I am not afraid when Tony is there. Jill. Jill, it's me, Tony. What are you doing? Where are you going at this time of night? Jill! I am not afraid if Tony is there. What? Deep end. Jill. Jill, wake up. Wake up, I say! Got to jump in the deep end. What's the matter with you, Jill? Have you been drugged? Jill, you're walking in your sleep. I'm not afraid when Tony is there. This is Tony. Can't you understand? I'm sorry, Jill, but I'll have to hit you again. Jill. Jill. Oh, I have to leave you now, Jill. Just for a moment. But I'll be close by. Do you understand? Oh, you poor thing.
0: Yeah, it came from over there by the swimming
1: bath. <clears throat> Get your shotgun, Pat, and come with me. I'll oh, be near, Jill. Remember? Tony will be near. The two thugs will look after you. I just have a feeling about it. The deep end. Don't be afraid. Tony's here. Oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Pat, someone's jumped in a yeah. pool. Do you hear the splash? Well, of course I did. I ain't got claw fears. I can't <laughs> swim either. Yeah, if you don't pull her out, she'll drown. How do you know it's a sheep? i have got fies as well, do you? Yeah. hold me coat. What, what, what are you going to do, then? It's bit cold in here, mate. Yeah. grab her arms and lug her out. Yeah, <laughs> got her. All right, here. Up, up oh. you come. Easy, easy. Uh. Yeah. Ooh. Ah. Ooh. Well, don't leave her it here, that freeze to death. Chuck my coat over her. Yeah, quite the lifesaver, ain't you? Yeah. You ought to wear a little red cap and carry a flag up and down Bondar Beach. Do you reckon? me Yeah, what's that now? Look who it is. Hey. Yeah, Miss Hargreaves. She's passed out. Now, what do you think she'd be doing, going for a dip in the middle of the night, in a nighty? And what was she screaming at, I wonder? Yeah. His nymphs must be out or he would have heard her. Yeah. did you hear the boss go out see me? No, I didn't. Yeah, Leviticus, don't you think we ought to get her up to the house? She'll catch her death. Yeah, how are we going to get her in if the boss is out? Same way she got out, I suppose. You know, Pat, that water's cleared your brain up a bit. It's jogged your screw back in place. All right, mate, let's lift her up and... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there might be an ice keeper or, yeah. or many in the house, you know. Yeah, there's nobody... Anias, I lost the boss this morning. I Anias, mean, if he's not out, then he must sleep like a log. Fancy yeah. yeah. a place like this with no dogs, yeah. no burglar arms, yeah. no servants, and no new sleep yeah. like a log. Yeah, something tells me, you know when we finish this job here, this joint's gonna be revisited. All right, all right put it down. Here. Oh. Knock on the door in case there's anybody in. Oh.
3: Evening, Gov. What well, on earth do you want at this time of night? Whoa, uh, didn't you hear a scream, Gov? A scream?
0: Yeah.
3: Great Scott, who's that? Jill. Jill, she She's soaking wet.
0: Where'd you find her? What happened? Well, she, she let out a yell. That's what woke us up, and oh, then she jumped in a swimming pool. Oh, I pulled her out. Gav. Is she Is she drowned? Ah, Gav, she's all
3: right. Just a bit wet. She's passed out. All right. Well, you can leave her with me and uh Levy, not a word about this, you understand?
0: Ah, uh, we won't talk to nobody, Duff. We know when we're going to be uh,
3: looked after. Uh, you will be. No, not a word. Especially to Miss Tony Lane when she comes tomorrow. As far as you're concerned, this never happened.
1: Oh, it's wonderful in the sun, Tony. I like to feel the sun burning into me. It's as though my bones have been chilled in one of John's meat freezers, and the sun is thawing me out. Have you seen John this morning? Yes, at breakfast. Do. Where did the other two gardeners go for their holiday? Smithson and Wilkins. Southend on Sea, I think they said. Wilkins has some sort of relation living there. Why do you ask? I have a reason. Why don't you have a housekeeper? We have, but she's on holiday. Where? In the Lake District. Tony, what's got into you? Why on earth are you asking all these questions? The late district. Tony Lane, have you taken leave of your senses? Not yet, but I'm pretty sure that you've taken temporary leave of yours at odd times. And you don't know a thing about it. Are you being deliberately rude? I'm not being rude at all, Jill. Please, believe me. If I told you that last night you walked in your sleep towards this very pool, dressed in your nightgown, and that you jumped in the deep end, what would you say? That either you're as nutty as a fruitcake, or I'm in another world. Because if I had done that, I'd be as dead drowned as a cat in a sack. Oh, there's John off to work. Thank heaven for that. He disturbs you, my brother, doesn't he? Yes. I- it's his eyes. His eyes? Oh, never mind. You were pulled out of that pool last night by Levy and Homer, the two new men. You screamed before you jumped, and that woke them up. They pulled you out and took you to your brother, who said he hadn't heard a thing. You were unconscious. Your brother told them not to say anything about it. Especially to me. Now I know you're mad. You haven't seen Levy and Homer this morning. In fact, you haven't seen anyone at all except me. If that did happen, how could you possibly know about it? I came back last night to keep an eye on you. Are you trying to tell me that you saw all this happen? If Levy and Homer confirm what I say, then I must be telling the truth. Not so. But it means, well, if what you say should be true, then my own brother must wield some unnatural power over me—a sort of mesmeric influence. Yes. But that's horrible. The two of them are working on the flower bed. Shall I call them over? Tell me. Can't you see, Jill? You've got to find out how this fanatical desire to swim has suddenly so completely absorbed you. Yes. Yes, I do see. But you said that my brother had told them not to say a word. If that's so, then they'll keep quiet. I think not. Have I your permission to try? Well, I... All right. Levy Homer! Come over here! Uh, Yes, miss? But what... What will you say to them? You'll see. Now, be brave, Jill. I know how horrible it is for you, and I know how much worse it will be. But it's something that has to be done. Uh, you, uh, caught, miss? Yes, Leviticus, I, uh... I want you, in your own words, to tell Miss Hargreaves exactly what happened last night at this swimming pool. Uh,
0: last night, miss? Oh, I
1: don't know what you mean. Oh, yes, you do. You and the pad. Oh, we done nothing, well, Let me jog your memory about another incident that happened in Craddock News.
0: Craddock News? I
1: was walking along the news with a leopard-skin handbag, and you two lugs tried to snatch it. Remember what happened to you, Tommy? It's, it's
0: you. Yeah, Pat. I, I told you we'd seen her somewhere
1: before. Now, you either tell the truth about last night, or I'll break both your yeah, arms and legs. Uh, all right,
0: all right. Uh, the the uh, boss told us to keep quiet. Uh, well, you uh, you jumped into the pool, Miss, and we fished you out. And,
1: I don't uh, want to hear any more, Tony. The housekeeper. Smithson and Wilkins, Yes, I know They've gone to the seaside and she's gone to the lake district Come on, Jill We can only pray that we're not too late
2: As it turned out, the girls need not have panicked The two gardeners and the housekeeper were enjoying their holidays quite normally And had never at any time been under the mesmeric influence of John Hargreaves He merely wanted them all out of the way while he used his tricks on his sister Tony Lane was quite wrong, though. John Hargreaves had no intention of harming Jill in any way. In fact, she had been rehearsed to scream before she jumped, so that the two lairbugs, Lily and Homer, would have plenty of time to be alerted and to rescue her. Hargreaves himself was standing by in case of accident. He wished his sister no harm, but he figured that if he could convince her that she was constantly prey to mental aberration... She might give him power of attorney of her share of the business. Well, all is forgiven now, and John Hargreaves has given up his books on Dr. Mesmer. He's learning karate instead.